This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You are back with Generation Next. You are here with Maddie and Eleanor. Hello. As well as our special guests, Morgan and Robin, here to talk about the LGBTI community in gaming. Woo! And as you just heard, if you have anything to add, you can always text us in at 0427 JOY949 or send an email to onair at joy.org.au. Yeah, so... I guess you could say, you know, LGBTI representation in video games, sometimes it's been a bit shaky, hasn't quite been there. And it's one of the fastest growing types of media out there. It's really popular, especially amongst, you know, the younger generation. So now kids these days, kids these days, but it's, it's, you know, it's popular amongst <coughs> video games are a huge thing for so many types of people. But, oh, yeah. You know, even though there are some who seem to think the only demographic that matters in video gaming are young men. Young straight men. Young straight men, exactly. Way too many people are thinking that. Yeah, and it's yeah. completely wrong. So we've got some avid gamers in the studio to share their take on the issue. So Morgan and Robin, how would you describe the current state of games? Improving every day as far as LGBT representation goes. A excellent example um, straight up is Bioware, a EA subsidiary developer. Yep, they're the ones yeah. in charge of Dragon Age, I believe. Yep, Dragon Age and um, Mass Effect are the two big franchises. Yep, and Baldur's Gate in the past. Yes, yeah. true. Oh my god, I didn't know that that was Bioware. I love that game. Yeah, <laughs> and one of the head head writers, I believe, is a gay man. And I actually recently read something he'd put out about comparing writing for Baldur's Gate in the late 90s, early 2000s, and writing relationships for Dragon Age now and how putting queer relationships into the game now is just so much more feasible than it was 15-odd years ago. Yes, definitely. Um, I haven't read that myself. I should look that up. That sounds very interesting. Um, Maxis came under a similar problem when they were first doing The Sims regarding if they were going to have homosexual relationships or not. And it was kind of like the head developer came in and coded it one day and just nothing more was said. It was just there and it was just a thing that was... And that's interesting because the first Sims is a pretty old game now. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what year, but it was... Like 15-odd years, probably. Somewhere around 2000. Yeah. Sims was definitely the first high-profile game that had a good, solid LGBT representation. It's interesting because... In the notion of... Sorry, yeah, homosexuality. No, you're right. It's, It's interesting because, I mean, growing up, I was a bit of a Sims player. I loved The Sims. But I never realized that same-sex couples were a thing in The Sims because I was just so used to them not being a thing that I assumed they weren't. Meanwhile, myself at 12 was like, oh, there's that fe- you know, female to roomies household. Well, I'm hooking them up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just the thought just never occurred to me that it was a thing that that would let you do. I remember the first game I noticed it in was Fable and I didn't expect mm-hmm. it out of nowhere. It was just sort of there as a thing and that's um, I like that the most when it isn't made a big deal of. You can just do it and it's just how the game is, oh, you can romance men just like you can romance women. Sure, the accents are all rubbish, but it's nice anyway. (laughs) Men with rubbish accents, but men nonetheless. Yes. (laughs) Um, Another, um, when talking about the article that I read, well, it was a response on Tumblr from the writer of Dragon Age who'd said, as a gay man, when he was writing for Baldur's Gate, it just didn't occur to him that he could put same-sex relationships into the game. And then I suppose time, a lot of progress has been made in the last 15 odd years, very, very much so. It was a very different time back then. And we've made a lot of progress in across all media forms. But video game is still one of the last ones to really catch up and have true 
representation and not being just one of those things that it gets a lot of publicity about. I yeah. remember um, uh, the first Mass Effect had a lot of publicity around its launch when it came to having like relationships in general and it depicted sex in some way, yeah. even though it was not really as big a deal as people thought it was. But even then, that only had um, female same-sex relationships. That's really interesting. Yeah, because uh, it, it, it's really odd that because it took until the um, last game, Mass Effect 3, for there to be male-on-male same-sex relationships. Prior to that, it was all just... I mean, that, that's that's really strange. I think my guess with it is that it has something to do with the whole idea that the gamer demographic is straight men. Straight and male so, gays. And, and so lesbians are fetishised as a result of that. Yeah, yeah. so like men might want to play a couple who are an, you know, an attractive female, female couple, but a male, male couple, no way. Why would a man want to see men as a... Yeah, <laughs> but even Bioware have had some teething issues with um, LGBT yeah, representation. Definitely. Like in Dragon Age 2, uh, they went for... It was inadvertently, and it was trying to make everyone happy, but a very unnatural um, everyone being bisexual sort of deal. So there were straight people, and then there were just people that could be romanced by either gender. And it was just, um, it wasn't represent. It was wasn't true representation of different sexualities. Yeah. It was just oh, these people can be um, romanced by either gender. Um, Mass Effect 3 had um, true homosexuals, so male and female. And then Dragon Age Inquisition was the first one to have two squad mates or party members in yeah. Dragon Age who were both homosexual. The other thing is, I mean, bisexual representation is important, but if it feels like an, it's an after, afterthought, exactly. then what's the point? Yeah, another thing that I was thinking, I'm not that much of a PC or console gamer. My gaming has always been tabletop. I was playing D&D when I was six years old. I didn't have a hope of not being a nerd. <laughs> but um, the system that I play a lot at the moment is Pathfinder, which is, for anyone who doesn't yeah. know, it's sort of an update of the Dungeons & Dragons 3rd edition rules. When 4th edition came out, um, Pedro basic- basically went, you know what, we don't like these changes. We're going to make our own update. It's a bunch of nerds that set off to the side and went, you know what, we don't need you anymore. We've got. We can do it ourselves. <laughs> and it does have a lot of adventure paths and things like that. A lot of published material. And the team at at, at I don't know if it's pronounced Pezo or Paizo. I'm going to say Pezo. They are very, very like they try very hard to include people of various genders and sexualities. And I did like what they said about it. Basically, that they don't want to be like, oh, we're creating this fantasy world, but it doesn't have gay people. Yeah. Because it seems like people say or I play video games for escapism and I think, okay, so you want to go into an ideal world and your ideal world doesn't have queer people. I think a good parallel to draw between that and video games is that video games are very much a business, just like Mm. movies and everything else are still a big business and there's a hell of a lot of risk involved in that and big businesses just don't want to put money into something and then risk losing it over what they deemed to be, you know, something that people might not buy into. That's why you'll find a lot more LGBTI representation in the indie game scene, which I think has been really good at pushing forward um, the sort of bigger side of gaming because indie games have become really popular over the last decade or so through the use of Xbox Live and other online services. Though I feel like Gamergate has sort of had a detrimental effect on that because there are people who have been pushed out of game development. It has, but that's been going on for a long time. It's always the vocal minority that manages to make everybody else look bad. Ruin it for everyone. And you know what? If the gaming community was what straight white males thought it was, you know, if it was 80% straight white male, maybe games like Dragon Age wouldn't 
wouldn't be so successful with having queer content, but... But it isn't. Yeah, it's been shown that, you know, a good solid half of gamers are female. Hmm. Just just for an example. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It, it also is good evidence that um, games may not be successful because they have queer content, but they can definitely be successful despite it, yeah. um, even in these communities and the um, wider gaming white male audience will buy it anyway and you can cater to as many people as you want yeah. to and it won't make it won't be detrimental to the sales or anything like that. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on in Dragon Age Inquisition there's the canon trans man named Krem. What are your thoughts on him as a character? I thought it was amazing. It was the... I've, I haven't seen many other trans representations yep. in gaming. Um, They're practically it was, non-existent. It was the first really high-profile one, and yep. Krem was right there. It was You couldn't avoid Krem as part of the story. You had to meet him. And um, how it was handled with Iron Bull, who's his squad commander, was excellent. And how he defended Krem's um, paths and how yep. he presented himself was brilliant. And I found it just incredible. I will offer a slightly alternative take on that one, and this might just sound like me being a complaining trans person, but one Which of the best totally things... welcome. Yeah, one of the best things that could happen with any kind of trans character or gay character in a game would be for no attention to be called to the fact. But because we are still very early on in the grand scheme of things in terms of representing these characters in video games, there is some expectation that there would be characters need to explain things a little bit to the audience so I felt like some of the dialogue in one scene in particular that I saw on YouTube, unfortunately I haven't played the game yet, it did seem a little bit like they were talking to the audience than talking to each other Yeah, yeah. like I, I definitely understand that perspective as well. I think that I think that might be a case of growing pains. So. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I think it's a phase that we need to move through regarding representation mm. of yeah. trans characters as well. Because we've had that with LGBT characters before. And a lot of it is Bioware also having a commentary directly to the community with, these people are here, this is exactly how you should try and handle these situations. Yeah. Because mm. I'm, Set a good example. I, yeah, I'm yeah. not transgender myself, so I can't possibly have a perspective. But how I viewed it, I thought it was handled extremely well. And how Iron Bull yeah. interacts with you on the topic and how it's, Krem treats the situation as well, I found excellent. It's definitely a vast improvement over gaming in general. And dare I say it's better than a lot of Hollywood movies representations mm -hmm. of trans people. And they still have some catching up to do in terms of... <laughs> Uh, the sort of thing, but... Definitely. Um, Krem was never presented yeah. as a joke or a gag line, which no. happens way too often yeah. in oh, happens right. all Look, the time. I'm going to say as a trans person, you know, it's it's really rare that people get things exactly right. Mm. And it's just it's just a common thing that keeps running through uh, trans representation. You shouldn't have to be better something flawed than nothing, but that, that's but sort but of... You, yeah. It's kind of the stage we're at, for better or for worse. And and I'm still very pleased that Bioware made that inclusion in their game. Yeah. Um, Another thing that's included in, again, Pathfinder, um, that there is a character who is, uh, or two characters, they are in a an interracial lesbian relationship where one of them is a transition trans woman. And yeah. it's not really, it's certainly not made a joke out of, it's just the yeah. way they are. Look, we'll be back to have a bit of a discussion about the gaming community really soon. Enjoy this music. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.